Welcome to Thoroughly Wrong, and now your hosts, Francisco and Rob. Take it away, guys. You guys ready to get started? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Let's do this, man. Um, welcome to Thoroughly Wrong. Uh, my name's Robert. Uh, my partner's Francisco, and today we have a guest, uh, Michael. Uh, that sucked, guys. I don't like that. <laughs> it's fine it's the first one so yeah the first one's always usually suck <laughs> right so i should fucking leave this whole thing <laughs> all right today we're going to be talking about the pandemic the thing that snuck up on all of us and uh taught me how to hate jeans so that's that's basically <laughs> to hate jeans <laughs> yeah yeah when we when we uh first went to work i always look forward to jean day and now i just sit around in my underwear most of the time and I even hate to put on sweatpants to go to the store. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, it's crazy to think about. Like, I remember where I was like on New Year's this last year, and just like even just watching people. Like, I was at Target a few months ago, and uh, at this point, they had like a like a limit of the of the people that could be inside. Yeah. So they had a line outside. They don't really do that now, but back then they did. And I was just standing in line to get inside and everybody was just like in line, you know, wearing their mask. And I was like, wow, like this is like real life right now. Yeah. Are we actually it, living like this? It is bizarre. It's like some sort of um, futuristic movie now. I, I can't believe it. So um, Mike here, is it, is it cool if I call you Mike? Yeah, that's fine. All right. Uh, Mike here has some experience with like the whole, you know, COVID thing. From, from what I understand, you had it at some point. Yeah. So um, first off, thank you for having me on Thoroughly Wrong. Um, if there's one thing I know, it's uh, being thoroughly wrong. So uh, yeah. So um, back in it was like late July, I don't remember the exact date, July 20 something. Um, I had been feeling uh, that weekend. I had been feeling just kind of like sniffly and boogery. You know, I just thought it was allergies and stuff um really run down uh to where I, I would be sleeping like 10 hours and then wake up tired uh so i went to work and um i work at a grocery store with the the general public and um boy let me tell you the general public has just been uh just wonderful they've no just they've been horrible uh but um so anyway i, I go on my lunch break one day i go to jack in the box and i'm um, just sitting in my car eating and I'm, I'm on my phone. I'm not really paying attention. Just kind of eating away. And uh, all of a sudden, realize I cannot taste my burger at all. Uh, stick my nose right in it and don't smell anything. Um, I had a I had a strawberry Fanta. Uh, took a drink of that. Uh, nothing. Um, and I'm like, oh, this is not good. And uh, I, I mean, I more or less felt pretty okay other than just really, really tired. But um I was more concerned about passing it on to um, one of our elderly customers. Uh, and, you know, had I had I found out that I, you know, would have passed it on to somebody and maybe killed them or debilitated them, um, you know, I wouldn't have been able to live with myself. So uh, told my supervisor and then HR called me like 30 seconds later. And uh, they're like, yeah, you need, you need to leave your store now um, and go. Uh, it was late at night, so I went and got tested the next day, and then uh, yeah, sure enough, um, came up positive. Um, I 
that was the only symptom I ever got was um, fatigue um, and and uh, loss of uh, taste and smell. What's um, that test like? Uh, that was, you know what? The test wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, I went and got tested by Kaiser and uh, they, what they do is they actually like, they even, they make you stay in your car and they even separate the cars. So you're not even parked next to somebody, if that makes sense. Um, so like it's every other parking space, you know, you have to park in and a lady comes up to, you have to like pull into a parking space and there's a sign right there that says, call this number and somebody will come out and test you, you know? So you call the phone number and you're like, Hey, I'm here for COVID test. And this lady comes out and like, PPE, full PPE, you know, like I'm a leper or something. <laughs> and uh, she, so I, I got a double test. I got the, um, I got a throat swab, um, which made me gag, but otherwise it wasn't really that bad. Um, and then I got the nasal swab. Um, and when she was doing it, I was actually like, oh, this isn't really that bad. And then she hit that little, I, I guess it's some sort of mucus membrane. Oh. Uh, in way in the back of, I don't know, by my brain or something, I guess. <laughs> And uh, I, I kind of like, I almost sneezed directly in her face and I had to like turn my head away, you know? Um, and then that was, that made my eyes water for quite a bit and made me cough. Uh, I couldn't tell you at all where I got it from. Um, I have no idea. Just, I guess, working with the general public and, you know, I handle a lot of cash and um, yeah. I do have a bad nail biting habit. So I, oh. I think maybe I, I did that and just wasn't thinking, didn't even notice. Uh, that's the only thing that I can think of. I, you know, I don't have a clue how I contracted it. How long were you, uh, did you feel like that? Like no taste and no smell and all that stuff? Uh, it was roughly a week and a half. Um, and the instructions that I got from Kaiser were, um, if you, once it's been 10 days where your symptoms are improving and you have not had a fever for, I believe, 72 hours, uh, which I never had a fever at all. Um, then you can leave isolation. So I was isolated for, yeah, like 10 days. Um, and, uh, you know, truthfully, people, I had uh, some friends, you know, bought me video games and all kinds of crap. And I was just kind of banished to my bedroom for 10 days and watched TV and played video games and, you know, did push-ups on the floor. I didn't know what else to do. And uh, after a couple of days, I started getting a little, two or three days, I started getting a little twitchy, just kind of being stuck in the bedroom for days. Um, so I started going for drives uh, at night. I just, you know, I wouldn't get out of the car, but just, just to get the hell out of the house because I was getting really weird, <laughs> kind of insane. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was a cool experience for a couple days. And after that, I was like, all right, I kind of want to like see another person. So I need to <laughs> get out of here. I think that's one of the, like the worst things about like how this like virus works. Like, like you said, you had no other symptoms. You were just, you couldn't smell or taste. And I remember when it first, like, when we were first hearing about it, like, they didn't really tell people that, like, it was a few months before, like, oh, hey, this is also a symptom. So I feel like there was probably so many people that at some point didn't smell or taste anything and they didn't get anything else. So they just thought, you know, it was fine or like, oh, like my nose is plugged up or something, you know? Yeah. And, I and who knows how many people like they, they gave it to. Yeah, I, I thought I kind of chalked it up to allergies because I, I, I'm a big time seasonal allergy sufferer. And um, I remember at my store, um, you know, since I was talking about dealing with fatigue, um, 
I, you know, this is in July, it's hot as hell. Um, I went outside to do a cart run because there was nobody else able to do it. Uh, and I, I had to do, we had like no carts. I did like the whole parking lot. I got like halfway through the parking lot and I'm just like, I felt like I had to go sit down. I was just wiped out. And, uh, but I, I chalked it up to, you know, I couldn't breathe and it's 110 outside. I kind of was like, oh, I'm just, the heat's getting to me. So I went and got some water, sat down for five minutes. That was okay. Um, but that it's never happened before or since. So maybe I should have recognized that that was kind of an anomaly in hindsight. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to like know anything for sure. Cause I feel like we get new information like every other day about it and just everything's changing around it. So it's just hard to gauge. And like you said, like there's like extremes on both sides. There's people that, you know, have very mild symptoms like you or have no symptoms at all. And then there's people that are dying, you know, within days. Yeah. The most um, interesting thing that, that I noticed about the whole experience was, um, so I, I talked about not having a, a sense of taste. Um, I noticed that I was, so do you know what the five basic tastes are? Bob, I'm sure you know this because you like to cook. Yeah. Like it's, sweet uh, and stuff like yeah, that. Sweet, salty, savory, bitter, and sour. Mm-hmm. And I noticed, like, for instance, I had that strawberry Fanta I told you about. I noticed that I could taste, I would drink it and taste that it was sweet, like it was sugary, if that makes sense. But I couldn't taste any strawberry. And I could taste salt. And I remember drinking coffee and, and recognizing that it was bitter. But, like, I know what my coffee tastes like, and I wasn't getting any of that taste. And we actually, I remember we ordered um, Indian food while I was in isolation. We grub hubbed it. And I, I didn't taste a damn thing. Like, it was a waste of $50. I tasted nothing. <laughs> I saw there was a lot of people, like, taking up the opportunity to, like, take hella shots and not feel a thing. Or not taste a thing. Won't taste the burn on the way down. You know what? I, I did one time in isolation. I did get really drunk. And it wasn't worth it. Because <laughs> I, was, I was already, like, fatigued. And then I woke up. Well, I can't drink anymore because I get super it destroys my sleep and it's i don't get restful sleep so it was twice as worse and it was just not worth it (laughs) well i'll give up sleep that's fine (laughs) (laughs) what are your guys is um because like the whole what are you guys like opinion on the whole like um the whole mask dilemma that's going around i feel like everywhere else like around the world it was like a health crisis issue, you know, or a health issue. But like, for some reason here, it just became so like politicized and. Yeah. Um, there's no opinion like, to be had. Wear a mask, you piece of shit. Like it's not an opinion. I, like, yeah, I just feel like I hate when people say like, and like so many, I've read it in so many comments, like so many interviews, like, well, you know, it's like violating my rights. Like what right? exactly is being violated like can you not talk or can you not breathe like it's not that hard like to wear a mask or you know and it's not even like for yourself it's more like for others you know it's yeah. just to be considerate of others so we um at where where i work we actually um it is it is our policy that you must wear a face mask or some sort of face covering when you're in the in the store and uh Pretty regularly, we'll get people that just stroll right in without a mask. And uh, I, maybe 90% of the time, they uh, 
politely pretend that they missed the freaking four foot tall sign that says face covering required and they, you know, put it on or um, generally if they are polite, I will offer them a mask that um, we have, we have like boxes full of them. Um, if they're being turds, I'm like, yeah, you get the hell out. Uh, you know, we're going to refuse your service and you need to leave. Um, I have <laughs> been, I have been called a, uh, when, when I asked the lady to, to wear a mask, uh, she said, oh, so you're a liberal? <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah, if that makes you feel better, whatever, just get out. Because uh, I'm not dealing with this, you know, I'm not paid enough to deal with your crap. Yeah, and like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like the mask has been become, has become just like a political symbol that, and it has like no reason for it to be that. Like, what about it is politicized? And, like, my theory behind it is that I feel like one of the main reasons that we got to that, like, how we are, was, like, from the beginning, um, like, Trump was, like, just downplaying it the whole time, you know? Like, I remember he said, oh, we'll open by Easter for sure, you know, and then Easter comes around and we get even worse. And it took him, like, months to even, like, publicly wear a mask. I don't know if you guys remember yeah, yeah, and then now all that crap is coming down. I think it's just happened within the last week that uh, he knew quite well how nasty it was. Yeah, I uh, saw that he like he basically just said, "Oh, I didn't want to cause panic," but yeah. like, okay, that makes no sense. You didn't want to cause panic. Early February, he knew how how pretty bad it was. And I feel like that played a huge role into like half of the country being like, "Oh, well, he's not wearing it, and he's you know, he's my president, so." You know, if he's if he's fine, I, I should be fine. I I just look at it. I don't see. I can't I can't fathom how it's a political issue. Um, but if if you objectively look at Donald Trump's body of work as a president since 2017, and you go, "Wow, this guy's done a bang up job," then I can't. I don't think I can really dissuade you because if you look at his performance, it, especially with uh, this as, you know, a hundred thousand plus deaths should be, you know, rightly laid at the guy's feet. Uh, I, I don't see how you can look at what he's done and go, wow, this guy's killing it. Yeah. It's mind boggling to me. But in the beginning, didn't the CC, CDC say, no mask and then wear a mask and then no mask and then it is good and then it's not good. So there was a big problem in the beginning. It like overseas in the in the Japan when SARS hit, it was masked and no one asked, you know, no one said it won't work. I think uh, when they were saying like, you know, don't buy a mask, um, that was very early on because there was like a huge shortage, especially like in the like healthcare department, you know, like for hospitals and like nurses, doctors and all that. So they didn't want people like hoarding all the supplies, you know, like toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I feel like, you know, as they became more readily available and like, you know, more common, um, they that's when they started like promoting the mask. And I think also at the same time, like the cases kept rising to the point where like, OK, well, it's getting like even more serious. We have to you know, be more cautious, especially like in public, not just in hospital settings or like nursing home settings, you know? Yeah. I just find it sad that they, and if they did tell us the truth, there's a mask shortage. 
We need them for our hospitals. We need them for our healthcare workers. We need them for our ambulance drivers. And people would still not have listened in this country and they still would have taken it away. So you have to lie to them in order to, to save, save the culture. I guess you could put toilet paper over your face. You got shit coming out of it anyway. And like, there's been so many stories I've read of like, um, like certain people like uh, that would denounce the whole virus. Like, oh, it's not that bad. Or, you know, it's just a common cold. It'll go away. And then you see in the news that like they get it like, you know, a few weeks later. There's even been some people that would like die from it. That yeah. before then they were just like, oh, it's fake. You guys are sheep, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, then they end up dying from it. And, like, all the people in the comments are like, well, you know, that's what you get, blah, blah. But at the same time, it's, like, it's pretty, like, fucking sad. Like, okay, he, you know, he didn't believe in it or they didn't believe in it or whatever. And then they end up dying from it. From it. And then people are saying, oh, that's what you get, karma, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, there's still, you know, it's a person dying over something that I feel like could have not been, I mean, completely preventable. But we could have handled this so much better yeah i agree agree. and i think it starts from the top i mean more or less every other country has handled it i don't know if well is the right word but they've at least handled it Um, yeah we seem to be the only sort of major country that has just failed spectacularly um because it it seems to me like a lack of cohesion or uh, uh lack of a cohesive message from uh, the very top. And I don't know about you guys, but I've been happy as hell to have a Gavin Newsom, you know, taking the steps that he did, yeah, you know, to close things and, and secure PPE and, and, you know, this and that, because um, the, the feds weren't doing a fucking thing. So, well, as that, as that information disseminated from the top and it was, it, it went down to the, the governor's level you got some governors like Newsom who, who lock it down and some governors like Bloomberg who just shut everything off. And then you got assholes like in Florida where he's like, well, you don't have to wear a mask. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Don't worry about it. It's only a thousand deaths. Get over exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. So as that as that information comes down and it's fractured at the top, it's going to hit different at the governor's level than it, it, it hits different at the county level. And as far as Bakersfield, Karen Go hasn't done shit. She hasn't said shit about yeah, anything. Yeah, heard anything from her. Nothing. I feel like a lot of that just goes into playing to, like, their constituents, you know? Like, if it, if it tends to be a blue state or a red state, that pretty much dictates whether they're shut down or not or for how long they were. Because um, if you look, like you said, California, New York, all these places, like, Cuomo over there in New York, like they shut New York City down, like hardcore. Yeah, Cuomo, not Bloomberg. Same, sorry. same in um, up in San Fran. You know, I remember San Fran; they got hit pretty hard early on. Yeah, and they just completely shut down the city now. And if you look at their numbers now, they're doing like great. I mean, obviously they're still getting cases here and there, but their cases are like way down. Same in New York City. You do like a major shutdown for like a few weeks, and you know that's there's science behind that, like. You isolate people, the numbers are going to go down. So, I don't know. I just, I just hate the fact that it became so politicized, and I just feel like it, like so many lives could have been saved if we just took it serious from the beginning. 
which I mean, we had every opportunity to. We we saw Europe get hit hard, like way before us. We saw Italy get hit hard, uh, Spain, you know, China. But to us, I feel like it's just an American thing in general. Yeah. Like, there's like a census here that we're like, oh, you know, we'll be fine. Like, it's not going to happen to us. We're like the greatest country on earth. And like, it was a big, you know, reality check for a lot of people. Well, our status in the world has fallen, not, not only because of Trump, but because of this because we won't listen and it's obvious we're not listening and it's just tearing us apart. So we'll see how long this keeps going. Cause I mean, I feel like the numbers have kind of like they've plateaued for the most part, but they're still pretty high, you know? Yeah. Now it's just whether how long we stay up there and then begin to go down or, you know, if we stay up there for a long time and then begin to go down or start declining on their own, especially now with like, you know, the whole like flu season coming and like the colder weather. A lot of people are saying like, well, we had, you know, our opportunity to bring it down was during the summer, you know, before flu season, you know, all that stuff. But yeah. now it might just, you know, double back and the whole second wave thing. And I also feel like at first it was like the cases weren't that high, especially like here in um, Kern County. And that's when when we were like really shut down, like most like non-essential businesses were closed. And then now when we have like so many cases, we're getting like hundreds a day. We're like more open now, which is kind of, it almost doesn't make sense, you know? Like how are we so like conservative and like, okay, shut everything down, you know, no school, nothing like that. When we had like, like 20, 30, 40 cases a day. And now we're getting like hundreds. At some point, I think we hit like thousands of cases a day. And people need to go work out, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're at uh, 194,000 deaths right now. I just looked it up. And uh, I do, it looks like the, the, the super, super peak, daily peak was, um, it looks like roughly 2,600, which would have been about, early May or late April. Um, but I, I know one of the most recent models that I saw predicted uh, by the time this is all finally said and done and we can go back to school and work, uh, it would be roughly 500,000 deaths, uh, which is the worst case scenario. 500,000. Jesus. And I mean, if you like, there's like, what, like 350 million people in this country? So 500,000 doesn't seem like a lot, but at the same time, like that's 500,000 people. Yeah. yeah. There were 113 cases today, six deaths in Kern County. So I do have a question for you, Mike. Yeah, go ahead. I know that the data is coming in about post-COVID problems, heart problems, lung problems, all kinds of things. Are you concerned about that? Um, no. And the reason I'm not concerned is because I, I actually looked this up too. And, um, I believe that generally, um, this, these, these, uh, I'm having a brain fart here. Sorry. These complications are from people who, who had it pretty rough. Okay. Uh, and, and like I said, I, I didn't even have a fever. Um, and I haven't, I was pretty much feeling fine after about, about a week. Uh, you know, the fatigue started to go away and the sense of taste and smell came back. So, uh, 
Yeah, and, and I'm generally, I'm, you know, I'm in my early 30s and I don't have any uh, health problems that I know of. So okay. I haven't, yeah, I haven't experienced any issues yet anyway. And it's been like a month and a half. So there's a correlation between um, how severe a case you had and, and the after effects of it? Uh, I, I believe generally, yes. I think there are some reports of people who had pretty mild cases just having complications for uh, quite a long time but um generally yeah there's a correlation okay yeah i feel like because when you get it pretty bad and you're like at the hospital you know on ventilators and whatnot i feel like that's when you get like the long-term damage like especially to your lungs so yeah. i think those are the people that and a heart damage are, yeah that really need to look out for them for like the post the post damage you know but i think i mean the data showing like a vast majority of people are going to be fine, you know, at the end of the day. Right. But I just feel like it, it just could have gone so much smoother and so much better. Like if we just took a whole different approach to it from the beginning, I feel like the whole, like, even when I remember the day I was here in my house when they, uh, they like canceled like the NBA season or they like postponed it. And I was like, Holy shit. Like that's never happened. You know? Yeah. Sports don't stop. Um, schools don't shut down. <laughs> stuff like that. Like none of us have ever experienced that in our life, unless well, you lived, you know, in 1918. Well, I, in in uh, 2001, in 9/11, they stopped football for two weeks, and people almost shit their pants. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all they want. It's like, hey, just give us fucking football back, man. Come on, you know. <laughs> and like, I mean, to some degree, I get like what they're saying because I feel like those things give like a sense of normalcy. So it might be like more like yeah. of a psychological thing. You know, you can't go to school. You can't go to the store. Like you can't do anything without it being affected by, it, you know? Yeah. And well, I feel like it, it scares a lot of people. You watched football yesterday, right? Yeah, pretty much all day. Okay. I watched it for a while and I had this cognitive dissonance because there's no crowd, but yet they're pumping in some low crowd noise. And then I noticed that football has changed because the crowd level, noise levels controlled the game. Quarterbacks couldn't be heard. Mistakes were made. You couldn't hear it. You hear a fucking pin drop in there now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, um, they've talked to like a lot of players in uh, baseball, football, and like, it's so much different, like the atmosphere. Cause like you said, you know, the crowd controls the game. There's momentum shifts. There's big plays, you know? Yeah. And yeah. The national hockey league is simulating crowd noise. Uh, for their games. Yeah. I think in the NFL, there's only two stadiums that are allowing people. And that's the, the Jaguars in Florida, which I mean, doesn't surprise me because it's Florida. And then <laughs> the other one was um, Kansas city. Cause I remember I saw the first game on Thursday and they had, they had a few people they had, I think their stadium capacity was like around 70 something thousand. And they had 16,000 people at the game. And they were all like spread out. You had to wear a mask unless you were eating or drinking. And like, you know, sixteen thousand people still sounds like a lot. But like, you look at the at the film and like the the game, and that stadium looks so empty. Yeah, aren't they going to allow fans at that new stadium in um, Las Vegas? <clears throat> uh, that I don't know. I think it's twenty five percent. What from what I understood. And I feel like, um, I don't know. It's kind of a tricky situation. Like. We can open a lot of things, but we just have to do it right, you know? Like, we have to be cautious. We have to be um, 
you know, safe about it. Obviously, not, we're not going to just open like normal and expect this to go away. Right. Have you guys seen the, um, there's this super dystopian looking picture floating around of, uh, I, I think it's the San Francisco Giants ballpark stadium, might be wrong, but it's a, it's a baseball stadium with cardboard cutouts of people sitting in the stands and the sky yeah. is orange. It looks like super fucking dystopian. I'm like, wow, that's about 2020 right there. Yeah. And like, I think every, most stadiums are doing that cardboard cutout thing, which I thought was pretty cool. I'm a big Dodger fan. And I remember I heard the Dodgers were doing that. Um, So, you know, it's like, and you get to like, they'll mail mail you like your cutout, like at the end of the season. Oh, that's pretty cool. And like all the money they were doing, it was like for charity and stuff. So, I mean, you know, that was cool and all. But it just looks, like, so different. I mean, and I can't imagine how it is for the players. Because, I mean, us as, like, we're watching it on TV. It's not like we're watching the audience the whole time. You know, we're watching the actual game. All the camera angles are towards the game. Um, So we don't really get to see, like, the bleachers and the seats unless they, like, pan to it. But the players, they're, like, they're so used to, like, you know, having thousands of people, like, cheer for them or boo for them. And I feel like that that does affect their performance at the end of the day. It's got to, it's got to affect them psychologically. It's like they're back in high school playing in an empty stadium, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's probably the last time they didn't have a, they didn't have people cheering them on, you know, junior high, <laughs> but it's just a crazy time we're living in. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I got to take off. Hey, Mike, thanks. I appreciate you coming on, man. It's been wonderful being thoroughly wrong. <laughs> well, thanks I said Bloomberg when I meant Cuomo, so I'm thoroughly wrong right there. Yeah. Uh, we're we're winning. All right. Take it easy, brother. Uh, goodbye. All right, man. Not bad. Not bad. That's pretty good. I feel like I feel like I say I feel like a lot in this whole conversation. Um, you feel like you feel like what? Like I said, I feel like like thirty times. Oh, oh, that's fine. <laughs> I'm you sure it'll improve over time. <laughs> it's all right, man. I like it's having right. him on. He, I mean, I know a lot of people. I mean, I don't know that many personally, but um, like a lot of my friends, they know somebody that's had it at some point or another, or like unfortunately that has passed away at some point or another. Yeah, I know one person has passed away, and I know about five people who family family members have had it. Yeah, so I I wonder how that affects like the naysayers, you know, when it hits them like home. Because I feel like for a lot of like a vast majority of them, or at least a good percentage of them, it's hit them. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I was thinking about um, uh, Dwayne Johnson the other day. I was thinking about The Rock and. um, it it got his whole family. I suspect that he was one of the naysayers from the way he reacted for his whole family got it because he was kind of shocked. Like, oh, shit, man, my entire family got it. And I think it also depends, the like, those people that, you know, how it affected them. Because, like, let's say, you know, three people that got it and they all had mild symptoms and they're fine now. I feel like that would reinforce your narrative like, oh, it's no big deal. It's going right. to be fine. Uh, to whereas if you know three people and two of them died and then one of them's like hanging on for his life at the hospital, like, 
or you'd be like, oh shit, like it's no joke. Uh, I don't know. It's so hard to change someone's mind. It Even, is. That's hey, no one wants to be wrong. That's the thing. Everybody has this weird built-in defense attorney in their head. It's like no matter what, we're going to defend what we think. Yeah, even when they're like presented like every reasonable argument for like even to just think about the other the possibility of the other way being correct, you know? Yeah. We're just I don't know if it's like a human thing or like an American thing, but we're just so stubborn in the way and like even me included, you know, there's things that I feel I'm right about, whereas other people might think I'm not, you know? So, and like you said, it's just so hard to get people to change their minds. And I feel like I was, when I was younger, I mean, not that I'm like super old right now, I'm 26, but like in my teens, in my early 20s, I had like certain beliefs that, um, I mean, for the most part, I would consider myself um, like a centrist person with like a slight... um, left lean okay but i used to be like way more left like uh like just down the line like every left issue like agreed down the line you know and the older i've gotten um and like i think one of the most important things to do and one of the best things to do is always just listen to the other side even if you think they're like full of shit you know and sometimes they are full of shit and sometimes you know, if you're open about it, you'd be like, okay, that's a good point. And at the end of the day, if they make a good point, you could still disagree with them. But just hearing them out, I feel like makes a huge difference in the way people think. Well, I did this training um, from work the other day and it was, and they were talking about the problem that people don't listen in it, the straw man argument where yeah. we take another person's argument and we make it real simple to solve. And then we look at them and ask them, like, are you a fucking idiot? You can't figure that out. And the argument is never that simple. And so they said, listen to the person's argument and construct a steel man argument and say, is this what you mean? Is this what we're talking about? And then that way you can pull that person into the conversation because yeah, I'm going to agree with you a little bit. Let's talk this through instead of, you're a dick. I'm not going to listen to you. You know, you're, you're a hippie. You're a leftist. You're a commie. You're a fascist. We got all these words and all these labels to isolate ourselves from the truth. And, and it's so sad that you're absolutely right. We need to listen to each other. Even when we think the other person is full of shit, we need to listen to them and try to construct that argument back for them and say, listen, we all need to mature here a little bit to say I'm right. No matter what, that means you have the mind of a six year old, you you know? So we need to stop being this immature, hateful assholes and start talking to each other. And I, the thing that I saw the other day, um, in Albert, since I was in the store and, and a man was wearing a mask and it said, this mask is as useless as our governor. And I thought, okay, I agree with that, that statement right there, because at least you are wearing the mask and protecting me and protecting everything. Even if you disagree with it, that's where we should be instead of exactly. I'm not wearing it. 
instead of I'm not wearing it, we should all just wear it whether we disagree or not. And you can put, you know, fuck hippies on it. I don't care. Just wear it. <laughs> I've seen um I've seen people pull up with like uh they have like a MAGA mask on, you know? Yeah. I've seen and those. I'm like, okay, that's fine with me. That's you wanna wear that, you know? I'm one hundred percent okay with that as long as you're wearing one. <laughs> and you know, I'll be honest with you, like uh, towards the beginning, I was more on the on that side, like, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal or, you know, 99, whatever percent of people are going to be fine. Yeah. But the more you, like, see these stories and, like, there's people, like, really suffering. And I think it also varies, like, by location, you know. There's people in, like, Hawaii is, like, they get, like, a handful of cases. You know, they're isolated. They're on their own. Yeah. And then there's places like New York City that are just like, they're, you know, like you saw the news, they had like refrigerated trucks outside of hospitals for like all the, all the bodies and stuff. And it still didn't change anybody's mind. Yeah. So it just, it's hard, man. Like, I feel like most issues are very like complicated. None. I mean, there's some that are pretty cut and dry, but there's, if there's an argument to be had for an issue, like. It's going to be complicated, especially right now. Uh, we're so like polarized, like here in this country, and I think it's just it's gone so much worse since you know twenty seventeen. Yeah. Whereas, you know, back like in oh eight, like with Obama, like he had the whole hope thing, and you know there was a bunch of people that you know disagreed with him or hated him, you know, which is fine. You know, that's they're allowed to do that. But now it's like so many people have come out of like the woodwork and like they kind of show like the real colors, I guess, because yeah. it's become so normal. Yeah. Hate has become normalized now. It's okay. Negativity, hate, um, just, I, I, I don't understand it. I, you said you're 26, man. I'm 55. I, and like you, when I was younger, I was, I was straight right, man. I was, I was living in West Virginia and you know what that state is like. <laughs> so yeah, I had to get away from my family into the Marine Corps, out of the Marine Corps into college. And then I didn't really come out of my mindset of I'm right and everybody else is wrong until I started learning uh, until I started majoring philosophy. And then that taught me, okay, I, pretty much everybody's wrong and everybody's looking for, to, to, for facts to solidify their wrong behaviors. Yeah. So, so in, in a world where it, this is this to me, the United States today is the result of decades of selfishness and nihilism. And this is what we've become. This is what we've become. But we could turn around. I have hope. I'm still I'm still in Obama's court, man. Even he's <laughs> gone. And I'm like, there's still hope, man. Come on. I think this is like a very like important like turning point for us or it can be a turning point for us we could either go 
like good or we could get a lot worse right now yeah um this next election which i feel we'll talk about more deeply at some point it's gonna it's gonna have like a huge impact on you know not just like legislation but just the way people react the way people treat each other for like many years if not decades to come i agree because i mean in these last three almost four years like we we've gone so polarized that like honestly at this point i wouldn't be surprised if within the next you know 10 years there's like some sort of like i wouldn't say like a full all-out like civil war but like i mean we're seeing it now there's like some places you know in portland um there's just like cities like burning to the ground and there's and that's not the forest fires from the, the ginger exactly. reveal, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry, I didn't mean to take away from your... No, you're fine. <laughs> but it's just, it's so like, whether, you know, it doesn't matter what side you're on. It's just, it's just a bad time. It is. It is. And we need, we need to talk about this. Seriously. And that's the only way I feel like things can improve is talking about it because... I mean, like I said, I'm I'm pretty centrist, but at the same time, um, there's things on both sides that I, you know, disagree with, uh, left and right, and um, it's there's just so much yelling to each other from both sides, and I don't think that solves anything. Like, uh, one side's you know calling the other side racist and you know white supremacist, and then the other sides are you know, all lives matter and like all this stuff. And like, they're just yelling in each other's faces. And I honestly think none of that, like, what does that do? You know, it's certainly not helping us. It's certainly not helping us. Um, I, I, I see the same thing. You're, I see what you're talking about and it's, it's a dangerous subject to talk about because you say the wrong thing to the wrong person and you're, She's liable to go Karen mm-hmm. on you. I mean, totally. So why I that's why I'm saying we need to build these steel man arguments, not these straw man arguments, and, and stop tearing each other apart and start agreeing, okay, there is there is a uh there is a mindset of Black Lives Matter that is correct. There's also a mindset of Black Lives Matter yeah. that is incorrect. So we need to we need to pull out the things that are helping us and and get rid of this violence and get rid of this this awful thing that we're doing to each other and the more we talk the more we start to yell and the more we start to yell the more we're against each other and and that polarization just takes off and now nobody's talking everybody's just screaming and waving signs and burning shit down and breaking windows and what the fuck is that doing yeah it's it's just like separating us even more and all all while dealing with a global pandemic at the same time <laughs> a global pandemic let's let's um let's talk about let's talk about the election next time yeah that sounds good cool. it's coming up so it's a good it's pretty good timing yeah we're within what 40 50 yeah. days something like that are they going to have uh debates uh, you know what? I hope so. But at the same time, I'm going to have trouble watching them because watching people just 
tear each other apart and argue with each there's other. There's a lot of reasons why I would want to watch it. Really, does. which I, I I can tell you next time. Okay. All right. Well, it's been a good first episode. Yeah, man. I think it went pretty well. All right. And next time we'll talk about the election. Let's see if we can find somebody interesting to bring on to talk. Sounds good. And uh, uh, how do you end one of these? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Do we sign off for anything? <laughs> catch a I don't know. Catch a next week or next time. Yeah. Well, this is uh, yeah. This is Robert and <laughs> this is Francisco. <laughs> and we have been thoroughly fucking <laughs> wrong. <laughs> See you next time. You have been listening to The Thoroughly Wrong Project with your hosts, Francisco and Robert. If you enjoyed today's show, like, follow, leave a comment, and then look in the description where you'll find our website, Instagram, and Twitter feeds. Until next time, thanks for listening. And just remember, never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong. <laughs>